or somewhere near you because you could you could feel that vibration. And when you get good at this, you'll notice that everyone's vibration is different. So when you start learning people by vibration, a per you can get to the point where you can actually be blindfolded and have several people walk up to you blindfolded and you'll be able to determine by their vibration who's standing in front of you without physically seeing them. And this is something that I think I've talked about before. It's something that I do in certain classes just to teach the students how to see with the eyes of the spirit versus the physical eyes because physical eyes can deceive you sometimes. So we have to learn how to see with the spiritual eyes. And seeing with spiritual eyes, again, does not always mean you will see visions or revelations, but you might see images, pictures in your imagination. You might get uh, an emotion that you previously didn't have. And this is what I meant by learning how to distinguish your emotion versus emotions you're picking up from other people. Because a lot of times you get into a situation where you pick up other people's emotions and then you think they're your own emotions and then you go home thinking you're crazy because there was no reason for you to feel that way, not realizing that you didn't feel that way because that's the way you felt. You just so happened to pick up somebody else's energy. And God forbid that you are in, empath, because when you are empath, you pick up everything to the point that it can drive you crazy, and then you become like me where you just don't like going out in public a lot because you, you feel everything, you hear everything, you... I, it's like I just want to go to the mall and go shopping. I just I don't I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> so so the higher our vibration goes, the more sensitive we become uh, to our surroundings. So one of the biggest threats we have today uh, when it comes to hoarding or harnessing energy is necromancy. So, Sister Jayhan, I'll start with you. You had to explain necromancy. And I don't want nobody Googling that because I just want to know what you think. How would you explain a necromancer or a necromancy? Uh, mixing different elements together to change change it into something else. Okay, that's alchemy you just described. Yes. Uh, well, I, I don't know what necromancy is. Okay. Okay. Sister Felicia, what is your current understanding of necromancy? Well, it is the practice um, making dead people arise. I'll it like that. Okay. 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 Sister, sister, sister Singer. Not Sister Singer. Felicia. Sister Singer. Your understanding of necromancy. Uh, I don't know. I thought it had something to do with potions and stuff. Okay, okay, okay. So let's get more back into the field of alchemy. So, necromancy, as Sister Felicia called out, 
if, if you ask most people today that have some understanding of it, they'll give you a base definition of communicating with the dead or raising the dead up and communicating with them. But it goes a little bit deeper than that. Acromancy is pretty much talking to the spirits of the underworld, period. So let me say it the more scientific way. Anyone who communicates with spirits or energies that dwell within dark matter, that's necromancy. So it's not just communicating with the dead. It, it goes a little bit deeper than that. that that's that's the, the, the surface of it. But those who take the practice serious, they go deeper and they call up um, what they call the elder gods or the old ones. Uh, the, 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 some even call them the spirits of fire. Now, when I say spirits of fire, that should automatically click to you what what beings are being dealt with when it comes to the practice of necromancy, You're dealing with mm. the dead. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about these necromancers, a necromancer is one who practices necromancy. They conjure these beings for whatever reasons they want, but when the being manifests itself, it wants something. And most times it's energy. So when you start getting involved with these beings, in order for your contract with them to stand, you got to give them the energy that they want. They crave energy. So rather that be through killing people, which is shedding blood, which is shedding energy, rather it be through uh, uh, raping people, uh, uh, whatever, whatever they want, it all comes back down to energy. So if you take, let's say, one million macromancers in just America alone, and they're all on the same page and on the same agenda, now do you understand when I say we live in a very vampire system of people who are basically taking energy from us and harnessing it for themselves? So, so when it comes to your energy, our energy is being taken from us. Again, most times energy that gets taken from us is done so in a very subtle way that you don't even realize that it's happened. And you don't realize that it's happening until something bad goes wrong and then you start thinking and putting things together and then you realize something's wrong. Okay. So because of this false world we live in, there are three ways that we're losing energy here. Um, for the remainder of the class, I'm going to call, instead of calling them wounds tonight, as I've been calling them, I'm going to call them breaches. So, Jai, what is a breach to you? Uh, breaking, breaking through something. Breaking through uh, a line, breaking through a system. Um, okay, okay. Okay, um, sister, uh, 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 I don't know why I keep getting sister Tina's day confused tonight. Uh, you agree with that, sister Samaya? That what Sister Jayha said, what she said. <laughs> um, I, 
I do, but I also think that there's another aspect to the breakthrough, and that is that it is unwanted in some way. In other words, okay. uh, it's against the either against the rules or against somebody's will or uh, not a de- desirable situation, uh, something like that. Okay. And if it's Felicia, you agree with this or you want to add to it? I was just going to say trespassing. Mm. Mm. So if I take all three of these things put it together, a breach is not a good thing. When you have a breach, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it in my security way. You've got a break here. Mm-hmm. When there's a breach somewhere in the system, that means someone has found a back door unlocked and they just walked in in the house like it was theirs and they're not supposed to be there. So when it comes to breaches in your etheric body, I understand etheric body, I'm referring to your energy body, your true self. You call it spirit, soul, your energy, your true self. With these parasites, they will they will lay in wait for days, months, years if they have to, to find a breach. And if they can't find a breach, they go to extreme measures and they will create the breach needed to break the wall down to get in there. And this goes back to that part that I told you. They'll hunt you down and stalk you, but if they can't find a weakness to get in, this is now where they create the environment to weaken you. In most cases, the environment is going to be anger, frustration, Depression, don't be one of those emotional jolts that, that bring your energy levels down long enough so that they can breach your energy and get in. Because you must understand, once the breach happens and you get back to your normal self, you now got a critter trapped in your energy field. Hmm. Can you picture what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and let me let me emphasize this too. Just because one of us or some of us might have a critter or two eating our energy does not make us bad people, does not make us not close to God as we say we are. It just means that there is a part of our mindset or our life or a habit or whatever it is that they're using that we need to go to our line and ask them to help us overcome. Because outside of that, they're going to always use that one weapon to breach you. And when one breaches, best believe they try to call their buddies to come help them. So if there's one, there's bound to be a few more hiding around somewhere. They may not have got in yet, but they're lurking. Okay? So there's going to be three breaches, three main breaches I want to look at for a few minutes tonight. Um, The first one going to be food, but I'm going to cover food on two levels. Food and environment is one breach of how parasites get in. Number two, emotions is another breach of how these parasites get in. And then number three, the main way that they get in is the evil eye. So, Sister Samaya, when you hear the word evil eye, what does that mean to you? <laughs> I don't know. I think of envy, jealousy, strife. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, uh, Sister J, how do you agree with that? You want to add to that? 
the same same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Same question. When you hear evil eye, what comes to you? I agree with that also, but also when someone look at you with an evil eye, that actually intentional in their action and in their movement. It, I mean, you can see it. So okay, okay. So let's let's kick off with food first. So with food, your food, the food that we consume plays a big part in your chakra system. If you eat the wrong food, it can do damage to the to the energy. You eat the right food, it actually can boost your energy. So as I keep saying, when God gave mankind a dietary guideline, and notice I won't say law because, again, when we hear the word law, we think of do's and don'ts. But when you look up the word law in the Bible, it does not come back to a definition of do and don't, but it comes back to a definition of guidance and advice of what's best for you. So when God gave us guidance on what we should and should not eat, it wasn't about dictating to us because he's God and we are his slaves. Rather, it was about the fact he's the one who created these bodies. He's the one who put the energy in these bodies. So wouldn't he be the one that would know best of what's conducive for these bodies and what's not? And the answer would be yes. So certain foods, and you can even look this up in medical science, certain foods can actually weaken your energy level. Uh, Sister J. brought up a perfect example a few weeks ago when I brought up food. Um, you eat turkey. Now, I've never went and researched this, but I honestly believe that there's a chemical inside of turkey that just knocks night-night. Go to sleep. I'm taking a nap. Rather, it's a turkey sandwich or turkey at Thanksgiving. It's just something about turkey that uh, it, 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 it has something in it. Uh, Sister how you brought it up the other week. Do you know if turkey has a chemical in it or not? Yeah, it's a, it's a scientific fact. Do you know what it's chemical a, is? I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Is what it's called? I can look it up real quick. Yeah, look it up real quick while while while, while I'm I'm going. So so turkey. Then I, I'll I'll go the opposite. Chicken. If you if you study the the properties, the physical properties in chicken. Chicken seems to have some type of chemical in it that actually boosts up your energy, can actually build up your immune system. Like if your immune system is down, if you eat chicken, not fried chicken, not fried chicken, <laughs> like baked chicken or <laughs> baked chicken or boiled chicken, if you eat that and drink the broth, it has some type of property in it that actually uh, uh, elevates the immune system to help fight diseases. And it was an amazing fact to me when I figured it out because it was like all those years, you know, when people get sick, you hear people say, eat some chicken noodle soup. And you just think this, this is just what people do because this is what we always were told to do. But I come to find out that, yes, chicken noodle soup actually has healing properties in it, just mm-hmm. as much as honey and just as much as 
uh, other things that we can eat. Um, I, I, I just got done reading the book recently called The Medicine of the Prophet. And it went through an alphabetical order from A to Z of all the different foods and drinks that Prophet Muhammad taught about that had killing properties in it. So from A to Z, I went through each one. And then, you know, researching it to verify if in today's society, does medical science back this up? And sure enough, I was shocked how many foods and fruits and vegetables that we just don't eat on a normal basis actually has killing properties in it that can make the body stronger or make the immune system stronger and so on and so on and so on. Okay, did you find anything about the turkey? I did. Turkey allegedly causes turkey allegedly causes drowsiness because it is packed with a nutrient called tryptophan. Tryptophan is one of the twenty naturally occurring amino acids, the building blocks of protein. Because the body is unable to manufacture tryptophan on its own, it must be obtained from food proteins. Okay, okay. So, you know, after hearing a statement like that, I'm going to do my research on it, but the way my conspiracy mind works make me now, make my mind tick now and say, hmm, why did they give the Native Americans turkey on that day? To make them sleepy so they can massacre them? No, I'm playing. <laughs> make them go sleepy that night. <laughs> We gave we gave the Native Americans some turkey because we knew they would get sleepy and make it easy to just massacre them and take their land from them. They had no energy to fight back. But anyway, I, I'm being silly right now. But uh, uh, um, okay, so go ahead, Sister Samaya. Two things. Uh, I really believe that you hit on something there. Um, uh, that thing with the uh, fluoride. Fluoride is everywhere. I mean, it's in our water, you know, it's in our toothpaste, uh, and and it's a known fact that it makes you docile. So right on. I can see right where on. that could happen. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that um, you, you all know I've spent quite a bit of time uh, at my mother's house, and um, when her symptoms of dementia first came about, uh, it, it became progressive, but I have noticed since I've been there, and I you all probably have heard me talk about the nutrients. I really believe in the nutrients, but um, she has really come a long way, very inter interactive. Um, uh, and another thing that I have introduced to her is uh, music in the morning. Like, you know, they say that, uh, like, for instance, piano music, is very stimulating uh, to the mind, uh, and those are all vibrations, but she has really uh, been, uh, how can I say, um, her whole diet and uh, environment has kind of changed because I've been infusing it with uh, things that are of good vibrations, such as the nutrition and such as the music and even scents and smells. So uh, mm -hmm. I just want to mention that because uh, I, I think what you said about uh, the turkey is very, very relevant. Yeah, yeah. 
And I told you, the more I study it, the more I realize, like, golly, we are living in a poisoned world. Like, they are poisoning us. Like, literally, yes. like, rats being fed poison. And we just got yes. slowly dying. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this, this, this week, well, it started last week. Uh, God began to inspire my heart, change my diet on some things. So, you okay. know, I was taking this out, supplementing it for that, took that out, substituted for that. So finally, God woke me up. This was like, like last week sometime. It just gave me clear instructions that starting, starting uh, the day after this experience, I was to eat nothing but 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 uh uh fish and honeycomb on certain days. So I'm like, okay. Fish and honeycomb well, and it Yeah. He called me he called me one day talking about you ever ate honeycomb before, Mama? And I was like, not the actual <laughs> honeycomb. He said Hey, just like wax and I'm like, uh, uh-huh. don't imagine that wax. Tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> no, my exact word, my my exact word to it was, it's just like eating a candle. <laughs> just mm-hmm. not a candle, so <laughs> That's what he said. That's it. But uh, so certain days eat fish honeycomb. So I laid back down. I, I thought about it. Like, well, if I supposed to start this tomorrow. Where am I going to find a honeycomb at by tomorrow? So that day I got a phone call, and a brother of mine said, Hey, you going to be home later? I said, Yeah, what's what's up? He said, I got something for you. What's that? He said, I, I went and got you some honeycombs. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, what made you go? What made you go get honeycombs? And he said, because I just remember you talked about how you like honey, and he started laughing because he was one of the ones that I told that I was freaked out when I found out that honey was bee throw up. And I was just so freaked out about that. Thanks to Sister Sabaya. You know, that bee throw up, right? I'm like, what? What are you? Sister Sabaya tripping. So I Googled that. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can say it how you want. You can say it how you want. Make it sound better. It's regurgitated, not throw up. <laughs> mom, mom asked me the other day. She said, "Oh, you didn't got over. You didn't got over your uh. Can't remember how she worded it, but my ill feeling. I said, oh yeah, I'm over it now because I figured out that the sack that the honey sits in is not the same sack that the food goes in. So I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So I'm good." So anyway, he told me, he said, got you some honeycomb. So that was kind of like that confirmation to me. Yeah. So then so then the next day, as I was going through my eating, my, my study time, I opened my Bible, and it falls open to a passage where Jesus is now in a higher vibration where they think he's a ghost. And he tells them, give me some fish and a honeycomb to eat. And I'm like, okay. So uh, another associate of mine, uh, like a couple of days after that, I was sharing with him about this kick of 
eating honeycomb and fish for for a while. And I said it's not every day, but the majority of the week I just eating wax and fish. <laughs> okay. So he said he said sounds like he said sounds like God really preparing you for prophethood. <laughs> Who said God? I did. It's funny you said that because you said it right as I said. He said, sounds like God is really preparing you for prophethood. He said, what's next? You're going to be eating locusts when they get here? He said, apostle, he said, please don't let us hear about you running downtown somewhere with uh, camel's hair on and eating honeycomb. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why I'm laughing that that Peter said John. That's exactly what he was saying. You about to be running around with camel's hair on, eating locusts and wild honey. Mm-hmm. He's like, and you know they're coming here soon, right? Like, yeah, but I don't think God gonna ask me to eat no cicadas. I, I that I don't know about that. My brother, my brother that. sent me a picture. Your uncle just sent me a picture of the um the front the front uh, yard. He said, did it hell or something? I was like, no. I know it, it stormed, but I didn't, I don't recall call it hailing or anything. Uh, he said, there's holes all over, all over the yard. Like somebody took one of those machines that, that uh, oh, oh, that's why all the holes are in the yard. I'm trying to figure, I'm sorry, Mom. I'm confused. I'm confused myself about my own yard. Like, these goddamn ants just everywhere. They done built holes all in the yard, but I forgot it's them coming out. It's the cicadas, yeah. Yeah. Oh. That makes that make oh. perfect sense. <laughs> I guess there's going to be a lot of them, but there's all kind of holes in the yard. Because I was mad. Yeah, that's, I, a, that's, a, that's what he said. He said, and he was just could not figure it out. And I said, when he sent me the picture, I was like, oh. It's time for the cicadas. The cicadas then came out. I said, if you find if you find a tree, they usually make their way to a tree and attach to the tree, so they they molt and come out out of that shell. And you see the empty shells uh, laying around all over the place. But then by then they're uh, doing that thing with their wings, making that noise. Yeah. Now, I don't know how true it is, but there's some older people here in Cincinnati that have told me that um, snappy tomato pizza used to have a cicada pizza, and they actually put cicadas on the pizza. I don't know how true that is, but I'm like, oh, okay, cicada pizza. All right, but anyways, what'd you say? People do eat them. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I'm just hoping that this ain't what God's about to guide me to. That's all. Yeah. You start with honeycombs. <laughs> <laughs> just, just hoping that's not where we're about to go. Like, Lord, I'll do anything, but please not that. If it be thy will, let this come back for me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. <laughs> okay, so the other part that's going on to prove to you that our food plays a big part in our emotional state and our energetic state, since the Samaya kind of dug into it already, is this fluoride. Now, uh, if you look in the fluoride, 
they admit that fluoride has nothing to do with your teeth. Nothing. So the great question is, is if fluoride doesn't do anything for our teeth, why is it in toothpaste? Why is it in water? Our, our drinking water has fluoride in it. And not just fluoride, but very high levels of fluoride. Um, so, Sister Samaya, since you brought the subject up before I send this to you all, do you know what the main dangerous thing that fluoride does to the body? Do, do you know what the main dangerous thing it does? I do not, but if it makes you docile, I'll tell you something that um, uh, came to my attention, and that was that it's also tied to dementia. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Get in there. Get in there. Now, I have a question just for my sanity so we're on the same page. When you use the word docile, what does that mean? Never heard that term before. Oh, it makes you, uh, I'm, for lack of better words, I'm going to say it, it makes you uh, kind of laid back and uh, kind of, uh, I'm not going to say wishy-washy, but um, I think it does have maybe a tendency not, to, huh? Not focused, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, that plays into it too. So okay. you're not okay. paying so much of a attention to things, and things kind of get by you, so to say. So you kind of become a zombie. Yeah, yeah, you kind of go into a you. zombie state. Yeah, okay. All right. So let me send you all this. When you all get this, let me know you got it, please. Okay, so it says fluoride in tap water can have dangerous effects on the penile gland. So other words are spiritual sight. So you're right when you start dealing with dementia because it seems to be able to do or cause effects in the mind. So water for fluoridization is the controlled addition of fluoride to a public water supply to reduce tooth decay. So they say, but if you look it up, it tells you it does really nothing for your teeth. Unfortunately, the fluoride that is added to our drinking water is a waste product of the fertilizer industry. A large amount of fluoride is present in uh However you say this, phosphate ore, sulfuric acid is added to process the ore, which results in the fluoride being vaporized. The the gas is highly toxic to prevent pollution. Wet scrubbers are now used to draw off this waste product, which is then sold to municipal water authorities to be added to the drinking water supply. This fluoride added to our drinking water is not natural. It is either hydrofluoric acid, sodium, all these other chemicals, all this, and this is this is what they do to us. But if you think about what we just read, it comes down to the third eye. Now, if I go deeper in this, but for the sake of time, I'll let you research it in your own time. 
you'll find that what it means by dangerous to the third eye is that fluoride seems to build up calcium around the penile gland. And if you know what calcium is, is that hard stuff that it hardens and everybody knows what calcium is and what it does, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine all this crusty hard stuff all blocking your penile gland. The the, the the device that that receives spiritual information, the device within you that allows you to have spiritual perception. Now keep in mind that they flash this eye on the back of the dollar bill to show us clearly that they want us blind so that we do not see a spiritual world, but that we only see their secular material world. So they are going to extreme measures to make sure whether with our will or without our will, they take our energy from us so that we do not progress to become the man or the woman of God that we were sent here to be. Okay? So that's just dealing with food. So, again, I'm not saying turn into one of these vegan-type people that I can't eat this and I can't eat that and I can't do this and I can't do that. But at the same time, don't let your guard down of knowing that there are certain foods that we just should not eat and then, you know, as good as it might be, it might not be good for you. That's how you know when you start getting older. I figured this out the other day. I'm getting older. Because when I was younger, I didn't care about looking at the nutrition and the ingredients and stuff. Now I'd be looking at, oh, yeah, I want that. That's got too much of this and that, yeah. You know, you start getting older, you start paying attention to that stuff. No, I'm saying. <laughs> well, you okay. get more wise and knowledgeable. Yes. But um, you said something um, uh, last week about being pure, and um, that's when diet came into my head because I was thinking that um, foods do have an impact on uh, your your being, period. Um, yeah. So uh, when you say being pure – um, on some level, uh, isn't your food um, one of those things that does have an impact on your spirituality? It does. It does. And that's why I emphasize again, not saying if you eat this or eat that, you ain't holy and you going to hell. <laughs> not saying that, but if you think about it from a scientific view, and a deeper spiritual view, when we talk about being pure, not just talking about just the thoughts and the heart, the whole shebang has to line up together. So let me let me show you this. So food can trigger emotional states. Yeah. We already proved it with turkey. Mm-hmm. So we chocolate. just have to be mindful of what we eat. What about chocolate?
It's the stuff that they are spread in the air that we see clearly every day. And they openly admit it that they're spraying chemicals in the air. The only thing is they don't tell you what chemicals they're spraying in the air. And if you do your own research, you'll find out that the chemicals that are being sprayed in the air are a a chemical that kind of bands together that you don't see with your eyes, but it, it kind of blocks sun rays. It's meant to block sun rays from fully hitting the earth is where chemtrails come in at. So if you're trying to block the sun rays, that's why Bill Gates now is coming out saying, well, we're just going to block the whole sun. I guess chemtrails ain't good enough no more, so we just, we just going to release something in the air that's just going to block the sun altogether to kind of slow down global warming. But in, really think about what they're after. It's the sun, which is the source of all energy right now. You block that, you will throw the entire uh, uh, earth off course. Our bodies will go off course. The plants, nature, everything goes off course because we all depend on the energy of that sun. You take that from us, unless Allah has mercy, it's impending doom. So, again, when you're dealing with a group of people who know this stuff, but the rest of us don't, Great idea, block the sun. That'll, that'll stop the ice glaciers from melting. And Okay? So you have fluoride, chemtrails, stuff in the food. Now, the other thing about food, we'll bring up one more thing about food and consumption, drinking. Now, understand when I say this, not saying that if you drink, you go into hell. Same thing I said about food. We must be mindful of what we drink, how much we drink, and understand the properties of it. Okay, so Sister J.I., how often do you do you pay attention to the properties of of what you're about to consume before you consume it? But then do you understand what I mean when I say properties? Yeah, looking at the label, seeing what's in it. Um, not as often as I should. Um, but I do, I do pay attention, especially if it's, if it's something that I, uh, it, it looked good, but I don't, I ain't never had it. So I, I look to see what's in it. Okay. Okay. Um, so when, when you all, when you all were younger, I paid close attention, uh, close attention to, uh, Processed food more more so because uh, the um, you know Doctor Yuan let me know that sugar I was gonna have to get a I was gonna have to get an extra job in order to feed to feed y'all because she told me not to give you not to give you anything with sugar uh, red red and yellow dye. Uh, artificial flavoring, artificial, artificial this. I was a whole list of everything, and everything process has these these things in them. Right, right, and 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 and, and just 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 for giggles, if you just start paying attention to some of the stuff that's like I called Sister J. Hyde. This is about a couple months ago. 
I was doing some research on vanilla. I wanted to know what the properties in vanilla was. I, I and I, I tried to explain, I tried to explain. I went on a kick for a while, just going through different foods and leaves and flowers, and just learning the, the properties in each plant. Call it, call it, call it, yeah. Either way, so come across vanilla and was reading it, and I found out that vanilla imitation. That's to say it exactly. Imitation vanilla extract. Is beaver butt. <laughs> and I, I got so sick when I read it, like, what? So I dug deeper, and sure enough, yeah, they said vanilla, imitation vanilla extract comes from the anal sac of a beaver. They bust it and squeeze the juice out and mix it with some food coloring, some sugar, and some flavor, and that's vanilla extract or imitation vanilla extract. The booty juice. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, what'd you say? So, there's a difference between extract, because that actually comes from the, the, the plant itself, the vanilla extract. But what you're talking about is imitation vanilla flavoring. Right. I learned that. I learned. I told myself I'll never buy imitation again. Even if you're drinking beaver butt juice and ain't nobody told me nothing. Who does that? And I told today I I wonder who came up with the bright idea to make that. Who just grabbed the beaver up and just took his sack? Like I wonder what this tastes like. Anyways. Well, we eat bugs all the time with red uh, food coloring. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. So, 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 yeah. See, even just I, that's we'll we'll leave the food where it's at. We all agree that <laughs> Peter just messed that up right there. We all eat bugs. We all eat them. My grandmother and Tina used to call bugs extra meat. Extra meat, extra meat. When when she would she would make uh, greens and stuff. Yeah, she would make greens and stuff. And you know, if there was like a worm or something on the greens, and it would be in 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 the uh, thing, you'd be like, "Oh, grandma, that's just extra meat, baby. That's just extra meat. That's protein." Right? <laughs> yes. what, is, what are we What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> It's protein, okay. baby. <laughs> right, right. So I want everybody, let's go to Sora 4 real quick. So when it deals with the subject of alcohol drinking, we all know that if you go to a bar, outside the bar you see a sign that says food, drinks, and spirits says it so clearly, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that most people do not think what association does alcohol have with spirits. Give you something to ponder about. If you study uh, 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 dark magic at any level, one of the first things you'll notice is 
uh, in dark magic, there's always libations that take place, meaning uh, a liquor. Liquor or some type of alcoholic beverage is poured out to the, for the spirit. So it is very evident in occult sciences when dealing with dark magic that spirits have a, a liking or some type of link to alcohol. Sister Jayha, what did you say? Oh, I didn't say anything. Uh, um, you heard me speaking in time. Oh, okay. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> you about to do a sister policy on us? Do I need to pull no. up? Hold on. No. <laughs> um, so in Storm 4, and then Sister Jayhawk, can you just read verse 43, please? When I go high, he goes low. When I go low, he goes high. Uh, Allah forgiveth not that a partner should be ascribed unto him. He forgiveth all, save that to whom he will. Are you in 443? You said 48. No, 443. Okay. O oh, you who believe, draw not near unto prayer when you are drunken, till you know that which you utter, nor when you are polluted, save when journeying, journeying upon the road, till you have bathed. And if you be ill or on a journey, or one of you cometh from the closet or you have touched a woman and you find no water, then go to high clean soil and rub your faces and your hands with a lie is benign, forgiving. Okay. So the first part of that says don't come to prayer while you are in a state of intoxication. Does your Quran say the same thing? Drunken, yes. Okay. So, so Sister Jayhad, if you had to interpret what you just read in your own words, what did Allah say? Don't come to prayer. Uh, don't come to uh, prayer uh, lit up on ten. Cause you don't know what okay. you don't know what you, what you're saying. Okay, uh, uh, Sister Samai, you see the same thing. Are we only referring to the uh, drunken part? Only the drunken part. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. I mean, it it seems plain and simple uh, that you're not supposed to. Um, Come to prayer uh, in a drunken state. Okay, okay. So, Felicia, you see the same thing? Yeah. Or hear the same thing? Okay. So, I'm emphasizing this because the one thing that you don't see right now, you do not see the Creator condemning the person for being drunk. But you do see a line saying, don't approach me intoxicated until you are clear on what you are saying. Until you know for sure what you are saying, 
don't come to prayer. But notice there's no condemnation for the intoxicated person being intoxicated. There's no condemnation in this at all. But what seems to be being advised is don't come to the prayer drunk. Everybody agree with what we see? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Jump over to Sora chapter 2. So in Sora chapter 2, and we're going high, Sister j We're going high. <laughs> we're going to we're going to uh uh two hundred nineteen verse two nineteen. So verse two nineteen. Go ahead, Sister Samaya. So and this okay. So um, it says drunken here, but um. Wouldn't that kind of apply to it, not only alcohol, but anything that places you in a drunken state? I mean, Correct. drunken doesn't necessarily mean drink drinking alcohol. I mean, you can be in a uh, intoxicated state under the influence of other things. Right. Other words, mm-hmm. don't come to prayer high and out your mind. Right. If you don't, so whether it's whether it's drugs or alcohol that that alters your state of mind, where you are not, I shouldn't say you're not conscious, but you're not in control of your mental states at that moment. A lot of us don't 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 even worry about praying. Again, notice there's no condemnation from the Creator about this. He just advises, don't come to prayer until you know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I agree with what you're saying, Sister Maya. Uh, okay, so chapter 2, verse 219 says what, Sister J. They question thee about strong drink and games of chance. Say, in both is great sin and some utility for men. But the sin of them is greater than their usefulness. And they ask thee what they ought to spend, say, that which is superfluous. Thus Allah make it plain to you his revelation that happily you may reflect. Okay, so outside of the part of spending money, when we get back to games of chance and drinking strong drink, so Jihad, if you had to put in your own words what God said there, what did he say? Um, that, both are great, that both are great sin, and some some of it is, when I think of utility, I, I think of it as a, a means a means to to make something or use. Uh, Used for something else. Right. So this word here in the actual Arabic is beneficial. So in other words, what Allah says is uh, uh, when it comes to games of chance, so games of chance would be lottery and things like that. Uh, uh, and then drinking, strong drinks. What I want you to notice is, again, Allah does not come out and condemn it and say, bad person, 
But he does get fair warning and says in both games ten and strong drinks are grave sins. But see, we hear the church has heard this for years, because I'm gonna show you in the Bible too. And so because of our understanding of sin, we automatically right. went to drinking is a sin. Not realizing that when it talks about the grave sin, you must understand is is not God saying it's affected me. What he's telling us is this will affect you. Now, outside of the holiness hell understanding, if you take it down to just a physical level, drinking causes mental alteration. We all agree with that, right? That you, your mind can be altered through drinking. Or like Sister Samaya said, drugs. And drinking or drugs have these chemicals in them. And when the chemicals get into the blood and it starts mixing with the chakras, it throws the body off, which ultimately, if you do it as a habit, can ultimately throw the entire chakra system off because chakras now, can't, they can't function right because now the blood or the body is now dependent upon a chemical versus the chakras producing that chemical or that energy that's natural. We now have went to something unnatural to to get the body to do what it's supposed to naturally do. And then you end up confusing the body, and it throws it off balance. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So this is why a lot of them in both are a great sin, but in both there are some benefits. So there's some benefit, but at the same time, if abused, it can become a very dangerous thing. So with that said, go to First Timothy in your Bible. Go to First Timothy, and I want you to look at chapter five. So this is what I love to do. And you guys may have read this before, or you may never have read it, or you may have read it and just never paid attention to it. But I love to show Christians this, especially when we get on the subject of drinking, since. They follow Paul versus Jesus and see what your leader said about this. So First Timothy chapter 5, and if we go directly to verse 20, you find these words that Paul says to the young Timothy. Them that sin rebuke before all, that others may also fear. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other sins. Keep yourself pure. Verse 23, drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. So, this is Samaya in verse 23. Is Paul saying to Timothy that it's okay for him to drink wine? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I always bring this up. How can you tell me holiness and hell for drinking, but Paul told Timothy to go drink the wine? Let's, let's, let's make this make sense. <laughs> but notice Paul tell Timothy to drink wine to help his stomach with whatever infirmity he was having with his stomach. 
So apparently they, there was an understanding that drinking wine could could uh, help an upset stomach or whatever was going on with Timothy's stomach. So it kind of goes back to a lot statement that it's, it could be beneficial for you, but at the same time it could be very dangerous for you. So what are you saying? Is it wrong to have a drink? Not wrong at all to have a drink. That's between the person and their Lord. Where it becomes wrong at now is when you allow the chemical or the energy of that substance to now dominate you where you have to have it, you need it. Because at that point, there's a chemical imbalance going on. You're not, you're not acting natural. This is not the natural energy that God gave, gave you. You are dependent upon something uh, uh, that's not natural. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so 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 uh, 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 so we got drinking, and if you understand what all the ingredients are in wine, beer, and everything else, and again, hear my hear my heart, not condemning it, not by far, but I am saying that if we don't pay attention to the properties that are in the drinks that we drink, and then we overindulge in it. Those chemicals can then cause problems on the inside of our energetic system, just as much as food. If you eat too much of anything, you can mess yourself up. I'll never forget. I laugh about it to this day. It was a couple of Christmases ago, or was it Thanksgiving? One of the holidays that came up, and y'all might remember, where I, I made myself totally sick. I was sick for three days because I drank a whole gallon of eggnog by myself. But I never yeah, knew eggs yeah. all actually had eggs in it. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. So Sister Samaya educated me. She educated me on the eggs that was in there. Like, yeah, I, I, I didn't know. But you got to remember, this is the same dude that tried to make potato salad but didn't realize that you had to put potatoes in the potato salad to make potato uh-uh. salad. Right. <laughs> True story. True story. So Jayhan is a witness. I called her and was mad. Tell her, did it taste, taste the same, but something missing? And mom said, she said, Rico, did you put potatoes in it? I'm like, you supposed to put potatoes in it? <laughs> I had everything in it but the potatoes. And it was calling it potato salad. Yeah. So, but you all get the point here. Uh-huh. That food drinks can alter your energy level. So go to Mark 7. Now we come to this one. Witchcraft. And I've told you all before, if you look up the word witchcraft, modern definition will tell you it deals with a man or a woman who uses supernatural forces as a means to communicate with unearthly beings and they do spells and there's all this weird, dark stuff they explain. If you go deeper to the etymology of the word witchcraft, it comes from the word Wicca. And this is why there's a whole religion today called Wicca. So the original of witchcraft comes from the word Wicca. Wicca meaning uh, annoying one. So a person who was deemed a witch or a wicked or a wicca was a person who understood nature, who understood the properties of plants and 
and things like that. They they understood sciences that the common person just didn't know. So, like, people ask me, are you against medicine men? No, I'm not against medicine men, but it depends on what the medicine man is doing. If the medicine man is, is helping people heal themselves, not against helping people heal themselves, but if the medicine man is conjuring dark forces and doing weird, dark stuff with people, then, yes, I'm against such practices the same way with witchcraft. Am I against witchcraft as a whole? No, because I understand what it means. But if you start talking about dark magic and black magic and all the weird, deep, dark stuff, no, I no. That's when the anointing of slap comes on me. It's like you need to come back to your senses. You 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 deal with forces that are they they this, this is real. And I I warn people before they get into stuff like that. You open up that door as a door that will not close. You cannot close that door once you open it. Especially when you're dealing with dark magic and the, the, what what is called the elder gods or the old ones. They will jack you up. You make contact with them and don't feel your part of the bargain. People died. People have died dealing with these beings. Um, so anyhow, in Mark 7, Sister Jayhawk, can you read, start at verse 21, please? For from within, <clears throat> out of the heart of men, to see evil thoughts, adultery, adultery, fornication, murder, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lavishness, and evil eyes, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Okay, stop there. So where does the evil eye originate at? From within. From within. From the heart. So what the evil eye actually is, and I'm going to send you a couple things that you can read in just a minute here. I think I brought this up before. Some people operate in the evil eye intentionally. Most people do it unintentionally. So your Bible says that the eyes are the windows to the soul. Eyes are the gates to the soul. So how the evil eye normally works is, let's say Sister Samaya becomes prosperous. She's got five Rolls Royce bins sitting out in the driveway, three three Mercedes. What, what's your dream car, Tina? What's your dream car? Wow, you asking the wrong one. I really don't have one. You don't have a dream car? Hey, man. Hey, no, man. I just have a, a to B. Hey, man. I you. But you all get my point. If Tina was 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 just walking in blessing like that, so a sister sees what she has and becomes outright jealous of her. Now, this sister may not never say a word to Tina about how she feels about Tina's uh, 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 property. But deep inside her heart, she despises Tina because she's mad that Tina has all this stuff that she don't have. And she stares at Tina and thinks all this bad stuff. I, I wish every tire she had was just flattened. And then what 
mysteriously happens is all the tires end up flat. Now, this is a person now who has unintentionally cast a spell. But if you paid attention to what I just said, it all dealt with energy and thought process. The person thought it, they willed it, and because the energy behind the emotion was so strong, the thought actually manifested. So people ask me all the time, why do good things, why do bad things happen to good people? And my answer is always the same, the evil eye. Bad things happen to good people most times because somebody has given you the evil eye, rather intentionally or unintentionally. That makes sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 again, it, it's not always a person practicing black magic, lighting candles and burning your name in a silver platter that can do the evil eye. A lot of humans do it unintentionally. When you become jealous of someone and you look at what they got and you look at them and you get that ill feeling in your heart towards them, that's the evil eye. When you lust after what somebody else has, ha- what somebody else has, that's the evil eye. When you despise a person for what they have and you wish harm to them in your heart and your mind because of what they have, that's the evil eye. So, so if you can hear what I'm saying, this is how it works. But can you see how people can do it so unintentionally? They didn't mean to cast a spell. They didn't mean to make bad things happen. But because of the force of the animosity they had plus the thoughts they had mingled together then causes manifestation to happen. And this person has no clue that they are the cause of what just happened. So the evil eye is so real that over in the Middle East, and here in America too, there's little charms that people uh, wear to ward off the evil eye from people. Now, Allah tells us that we as believers, we are not to wear such charms and trust in trinkets and things like that because trust in a charm or a trinket as being my protector over Allah you, 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 is basically kind of putting a partner with Allah. I believe I believe that the little star can protect me more than my own Lord can. Now, I do want you to understand, as I told you before, yes, certain symbols are infused with forces that can either draw entities or repel entities away from them. This is when you get into occult sciences more, that there are just certain symbols that are just infused with energy. Um, but this is evil eye. So, so, so evil eye is being projected amongst thousands of people right now in America and around the world from upper government, upper elite people, and we don't know it. So, prove a point to you. Sister J. Hot, have you ever been fascinated? Yeah. Sister Felicia, you ever been fascinated with something? Yes. Sister Samaya, you ever been fascinated with something? Uh, yeah. Okay. What is fascination? I'm going to start with you, uh, uh, 
I don't know why I keep wanting to call you Felicia tonight. Felicia, you got something to say to me tonight? Because your name just keep coming up. What you got? What you got? No, I'm playing. <laughs> oh, Tina, what is fascination to you? What is your understanding of the word to be fascinated? Um, fascination is something that drives you to have interest in something. It's like curiosity or, or, uh, uh, wanting to know or, 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 or see or touch. It definitely involves the senses and possibly the imagination, uh, as to, it's like whatever it is you're fascinated with, is is only how can I say? It, it's only the the object. It's an object of fascination, meaning that uh, your fascination takes you beyond the object because you have this this curiosity about it, or or imagination about it, or wanting to involve the senses to see, you know, the, how how it feels or, you know, what it what it tastes like. All the all of these things that are enhanced by the senses and the the, the simulation of the brain. Yeah, I mean, because it can be something right. simple as wanting to know how something works. Right. Right. Now. Anybody else want to add anything to this before I move on? We only got a few minutes left. I don't want to be too long tonight. I want to say something, but it's to your comment about why my name keeps coming up. I don't know, but I believe the other is going to be a word. Say that last word again. Mother is going to give you a word. Amen. Okay. Amen. All right. Anybody else? All right. So, with the last few minutes, I'm going to send you a couple last things here. Um, I'll ask you a question. Would you all be shocked? Well, let me first say this. I told you all before, when dealing with this particular group of people, they have a viewpoint that they put it in plain sight, the way to affect your mind and your psyche the best is to put it right in front of you because you would never realize what's going on. So would you be shocked if I told you that the word fascination actually deals with black magic? Would you be shocked? Yeah. No. <laughs> I got I got I got yeah and no. <laughs> Now, let me let me emphasize something before we go. Go ahead. Go ahead, Melissa, or whoever's about to say something. Because it just connected when you said it, because fascination is on the side of a drug because it draws you in, it pulls you in, it entices you, it hypnotizes you, or whatever the, how deep of fascination is. That's why it does not surprise me. I got you. So, let me emphasize this. So, to be fascinated with a particular thing or whatever doesn't right off the rip mean somebody put 
put a spell on you. I can be fascinated with the, looking at the stars through my telescope. I'm just fascinated with that because that's our understanding of the word today. But if we use the word in its original context, going back to the 17th, 18th century, to fascinate someone meant to put them in the, under a spell or into a hypnotic state. So, so, so let me show you this. When you all get this, let me know you got it. All right, so this says greater and lesser magic. Did any of you all know that there was a greater or lesser magic? Yes. No, no, magic is not magic. That's why I said there's, 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 when it comes down to energy, which is magic, it's just raw energy. But, the intention makes it good or bad. So we'll get into later uh, about the difference between greater and lesser. But for right now, it says greater and lesser magic, known as high and low magic, or collectively satanic magic within Lebayan Satanism, designates types of beliefs with the term greater magic applied to ritual practices meant as psychodramatic to focus one's emotions for a specific purpose. Lesser magic applied to the practice of manipulation by means of applied psychology and grammar or wow and guile to bend an individual or situation to one's will. So to break this down, high magic is where the magician puts themselves in an altered state of consciousness so that they can uh, go in between worlds, communicate with a being, whatever it is they're trying to do. Lesser magic, though, as we just read, is dealing with psychology of the manipulation of the mind of someone outside of you to get them to bend their will against their will. In other words, you get them to do things without them realizing that is you making them do what they're doing. They seem to think that they're making their own choices, but when using lesser magic, it's not the person making the choice, but rather it is your energy influencing the person's will, mind, and emotions to do what you want them to do. It's just in such a subtle way, you don't feel like you're being controlled. Kind of like the Pied Piper just playing the pipe, and you just dance along with the tune, not realizing he's leading you away. So lesser magic is, is, is the issue that we are dealing with in our homes, in our cars, at the workplace, uh, on the Internet, on our cell phones, because this is magic geared towards the manipulation of our individual mind. Somebody outside of us are, are using these techniques to play psychological manipulative games to bend our will to do things that we normally would not do. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, send you something else real quick. Sister Samaya, your mm-hmm was deep. What did you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I had, um, you know, I don't listen to a whole lot of uh, secular music and things like that. So one day last week I turned on some videos. And I oh, was, boy. I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and the lyrics of these songs, I mean, everything is about sex and drugs and just, I'm like, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I get it. And if, if you watch most of these music videos today, they are so infused with cult symbolism and yes. hand gestures and background pentagrams and candles. And and you be looking at the video. I just watched a video with the girls uh, uh, a couple months ago. I was showing them something. And I cannot remember the name of the song. I think it was something out. Uh, I think the song was called Topanga. Something Topanga. And the, 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 if you could imagine the video starts off with this black dude. I can't remember what the guy's name is. He's got dreads. He's got on a white ceremonial robe. He's sitting on a chair, and behind him is a baffle mat. In front of him is a pentagram in blood with candles all around it. So I was pointing out to the girl, what does the background of this music video got to do with what's being said in this song? The two don't mm-hmm. add up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just, just the two don't yeah. add up. We got baphomet. We got snakes everywhere, pentagrams, and there's one scene where uh, him and, and some of the uh, uh, dancers are dancing, and their eyes are rolled in the back of their head, and they convulsing like they possess. Like, what in the world is going on in the music industry? Right, right. Hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, I, I just found out the other day the young man who um, did the, 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 the blood in the shoe thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we all talked about. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I didn't realize that, that was the that was the black dude that been singing the country rap songs the last year or two. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't realize I did not realize that was him, and I had to double think like, well, what the heck happened? You went from a cowboy to a Satanist. I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> and they tell me, some of the people tell me you didn't realize that was him. No, but I don't listen to this stuff like that. Right. Um, right. So when you know you start putting the pieces together, and it's like, wow. And at that moment, mm-hmm. Mr. Tina, you got to think, what did they do to him from the time he started in the industry to the nonsense he just did? Something has transpired in this man's psyche that made him go from being a Texas Ranger to just outright devil worshiper. Just, just. <laughs> okay, so anyhow, send you this last thing and we'll stop with this tonight and we'll finish on Friday. When everybody has this, let me know you have it. Got it. Great. So we'll start at the top box here where it says the word fascination has a similar occult origin. Fascination was the term applied the evil eye to fix a person's gaze. In other words, fascinate was to curse them with the evil eye. 
Therefore, if a woman has the ability to fascinate men, she was regarded as a witch. This statement comes from Anton LaVey. Now, if you don't remember me telling you who Anton LaVey is, real quick, Anton LaVey is the founder of the Church of Satan. He was the uh, head bishop of the Church of Satan. He's dead now. Uh, uh, and his church still survives today. They have they have uh, uh, churches all across the United States. We have one here in Cincinnati that's operative. And up there where mom lives at, there's about three of them that are operative, um, along with a headquarters for the Orderus Templar Oriental or Alice Crowley's organization. Matter of fact, Sister Jaha, I don't know if I ever told you, but Alex Crowley's little group is probably maybe a mile, maybe half a mile down the street from you. Yeah, you you told me. Okay. Right. All right. So it goes on and says lesser magic, also referred to as everyday or situational magic, is the practice of manipulation by means of applied psychology. LeVay wrote that a key concept in lesser magic is the command to look, which can be accomplished by utilizing elements of sex, sentiment, and wonder. In addition to the utilization of looks, body language, and scents, colors, patterns, and odors, LeVay wrote that the terms fascination and glamour have origins in the world of coercive magic. The word fascination comes from the Latin word fantasy. That fancy air, which means to cast a spell upon. This system encourages a form of manipulative role play. So when you really start looking at Hollywood and the movies and the music and all the stuff that's going on today, they are giving the world the evil eye without us realizing that's what they're doing to us. This is why our young people are fascinated with Beyonce. While she gyrates and dances and moves and not realizing what's really going on on that stage up there. This is why our young people are fascinated with all these rap artists and they try to dress like them and be like them. And then, you know, kids that didn't used to be thugs now listen to thug music and they're dressing like thugs and they want to be thugs. And we, we, we call it an identity crisis. It is not an identity crisis is that the energy of that child has now been manipulated and a breach was called, which now allowed another entity to go inside that child's energetic field and then take control over that child's energy and causes that child now to act in a different manner. So this goes back to spiritual stuff. So again, I am not saying don't listen to that because that's the devil. We are sanctified folks. We don't listen to that type of music. Not saying that. But at the same time, we do not close a blind eye to the reality of what's going on here. So how do I protect myself from the evil eye and from the environment and from food and all this? Uh, and before I say that last thing, if we just pause and think about for a minute, food, environment, TV, music, social media, all being controlled by people who are involved in dark practices. So, again, when I bring up, if you really want to talk about spiritual warfare, how deep do you want to go? We are embedded in a warfare here. 
and is more psychological than it is anything. So therefore, if our minds can be pure. And so sometimes in order to purify the mind, you got to pull back and, and, and starve the mind. Don't let it see images. Don't let it hear certain words. Don't let it hear certain things and you starve it. Um, images. Images trigger emotions, yes? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna show you I'm gonna show you evil eye. I'm gonna show you evil eye that was done to this nation and the effects of the black magic that was done. So, two thousand eight, a man rose to power by the name of Barack Hussein Obama, who we were told was the first black president in American history. And the world, and particularly America, was fascinated with him. Am I telling the truth? Mm-hmm. You tell them the truth. While he was president, such movies came out as the Django that had Will Smith in it. And Will Smith was a cowboy. No, that wasn't Will Smith. Excuse me. What's that Excuse me. Say? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I know I correct myself. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Okay. He's ugly, Mom. Jamie Foxx. He is not a sexy man, <laughs> Sister J. Hart. He is not a sexy man, Sister J. Hart. Who is not? <laughs> Who is not? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta edit this. I gotta edit this part. <laughs> okay, so, so Jamie Foxx, and if anybody saw the Django, you know what it was about. You know, the slave master and the slaves, and one, one, one black man decides to go be the hero of the slaves and stand up against the white man. I won't lie, I've seen the movie several times, and my favorite part every time I watch it, if you've seen it. It's the part where Jamie Foxx gets to the, the plantation and the white man is whipping whipping one of the slaves and, and Jamie gets mad and then takes the whip and then whips him. And it's that moment like, yes, whip him. Whip him. Let them see how that feels. Whip him. So you had that movie. Then you had movies like Birth of a Nation. Did anybody see Birth of a Nation? Oh, yeah. Where it shows That's the slave story. Yeah, yeah. The slaves went crazy and killed all their masters. Mm-hmm. Well, I ain't gonna say they went. I ain't gonna say they went crazy, but they they had a revolution, and they rose up all at one time across across the area, and all every slave rose up against a slave master and killed them. So we saw movies like that. We saw Lovely Bones. No, it wasn't called Lovely Bones. What was? What was that movie called? What was, just, what, what was the movie called? Love me, love it, love it, lovely. I don't Lo- remember. Love me, love me, whatever. It was set back in a time where blacks and whites couldn't love each other and be together. And the white man married a black woman, and she got arrested for being with a white man, and all this other crazy stuff that went down. What other racist movies came out between? the time that Obama was president. So without going through every movie, eight years worth of racist, old, I remind you of Slavery Day movies came out. Eight years mm-hmm. worth. And then 
in 2015, they gave us a racist president. So, so if you do the math, eight years, they reminded us of what America was all about. They reminded us of all this. And then in the process of showing us these movies, random cop killings of black people started. So on top of being reminded through the movies and being fascinated with the movie theaters, they, what we didn't realize was going on was they were doing black magic to jaw our emotions. This was psychological warfare going on because they already knew come 2020, 2021, they wanted a race war. So in order to get us to the point of fighting each other, they took eight years and programmed us for this moment. It makes sense what I'm showing you. But, but it didn't go down the way they wanted it to. Didn't go down the way they wanted it to, so they amped it up a little bit more. Now, I told somebody this the other day, and they told me if I honestly believe that, I'm 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 mental. And what I told them was, I do not believe that the Chavez, whatever that man's name was, and the George Floyd situation was just a random act of violence. I just don't believe that. Because it sparked such controversy in America, and it sparked such controversy in the world. And what I mean by I don't believe it was random. I'm not saying that George Floyd and his family played a part in it. What I'm saying is, it is evident that we have racist people that work in the police department, that work in government, that work in whatever field of working there is here in America that are all part of their society. And if one has to be a martyr for the rest to get the agenda done, I'll be willing to do it. So if it requires me to go out and just randomly kill a black person so that the world can see it, so we can get this party off, I'll be the one. Best believe he's going to go down on their side as a hero because he provoked the war that they wanted. Do you get what I'm saying? Hey, so um, think about think about uh, Lovecraft, how the police were portrayed in, in Lovecraft country. True that. They were all, all, True that. Police, all the police force was involved with the uh, – in black magic. Black magic, and they was doing spells on black people. So the point I'm making, without getting into the race part of this, is if you go back to 2008 up to current day, this is black magic. And the effects of the black magic of what we are seeing right now is the violence, the mistrust, the emotional stakes that are going on, just within the last two months, they put out a report and they said they don't know medical science and they don't know what's going on right now, but people are losing their minds. They got videos of people running down the street, derobing and barking like dogs, and all of a sudden uh, cops tasing people and they just pulling the tasers out. I watched a video the other day of a man, it was a white man. He attacked the cop, the cop shot him. And it was like watching an episode of The Walking Dead. He got right back up and came right back across the board. They shot him again. He laid there for a minute. He got right back up and fought them, took off running. But when he took off running, he ran on all four. He ran on, he ran oh. on his feet and his legs. Oh. And I wow. mean, when I say he took off, 
it was it was a scary <laughs> video to watch to see a human being deform his. It, I mean, it was like he deformed all of a sudden and turned into an animal, and his eyes looked crazy, and he went running down the street on on his hands and his feet like an animal, and they couldn't catch him. Then a car came, and on this video. I walk with my own eyes. This man, as he's running, instead of going around the car, he leaps into the air and jumps over the car, lands on all fours, and keeps going. Then you can't tell me that's not that's that that that's normal. That's, that's not a Jim. Jim. So medical science within the last month or two has put out a report that says they don't know what's going on here in America when it comes to people's mental state. They said it's almost like we are losing control over our minds at any given moment. So when you take black magic along with the energy that's being projected from satellites to disrupt our chakra system, to disrupt everything about us, Allah continues to tell us one thing that will protect us from this stuff is the prayer. By staying close to Allah, he and he alone is the only one who can protect us from this. And this is why Allah tells us and 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 and, and read just 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 to hear it. Sister J I read read one fourteen uh for us. One thirteen. One thirteen. And then we hang up. So one thirteen. Say and as she's go ahead. Say, I seek refuge in the Lord of Daybreak from the evil of that which he created, from the evil of the darkness when it is intense, and from the evil of malignant witchcraft. And from Stop the there. evil Stop there. God says, say it. Say, I seek refuge in Allah from the darkness when it is intense. And if the dark world has never been as intense as it is right now, I don't don't know how much more intense this can get. But it's pretty intense right now. And you can, and those of us who are sensitive to the spirit world, you can feel it. Mm -hmm. You can feel, you can feel that something's about to pop off. And when I say pop off, I'm not popping out humans against humans. Something spiritually is about to break. I can't explain it to you. Can't give you all the details because I don't know myself. But all I know is something spiritually is about to break across this nation. And it's not going to necessarily be a bad thing. It's going to be a good thing. But something spiritually is about to happen in this nation, and I want to be a part of it. And therefore, it requires us to be close to Allah. Because if not, we are surrounded by a world that can jolt your emotions, that can make you lustful, that can make you want things that we shouldn't be wanting, that can make us think things that we shouldn't be thinking, that make us want to go places that we shouldn't be going, all because of the images and the sounds and the vibrations that we're experiencing. So again, I say, as hard as the body might fight, sometimes just cut the TV off. Put off the worship music. Cut TV off. Or if you're going to watch TV, watch something productive for a couple of days. Let, let your mind take a rest from the negative images. Negative energy. 
Negative environments create negative thoughts. Negative thoughts create negative vibration. Negative vibration within your body creates chaos. And again, I say what these parasites are after is to get into your energy wheel. Because if they can get your energy wheel and reverse it to spin the opposite way than the original way, you got problems. So today, how do your mind in closing? What would make a gin want to make your chakra circle the opposite way versus the natural way? Uh, it, it would throw it would throw you it would throw you off balance. And knowing that they have the ability to step into your body, uh, that would just make it easier for them to get in, right? Yeah, but you said the key word. By reversing your energy chakra or your energy center to operate the opposite way, you now discombobulate energy. Once you discombobulate energy, that's called negative energy. When it operates the correct way, it produces positive energy. You re- you crank it the opposite way, it produces negative energy. If I can get you to produce negative energy, then I can bring your health down. I can bring your emotions down. I can bring your thoughts down. I can bring you down. But if you get positive energy and positive thoughts and positive influence and positive words and positive, 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 they have nothing to breach you with. So this is why it's important. Surround yourself with positive people. Stay away from negative environments the best you can. And I've gotten to the point in my life, if a person's negative, I just will tell them up front, I don't want to deal with you. I, just, I don't want to deal with you because you, you, you're on a different you're on a different level than where I want to be right now. I love them, but if you're just going to be negative, 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 I don't I don't want negative energy right now. There's too much going on right now in the spiritual world to even play with negative energy. So we'll finish this on Sunday, Friday, Friday. Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> <Monday>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's a real song, David. That's a real song. Right? It is a very real.